with Dobson. Hello and welcome Torchwood fans to yet another Impossible Podcast. And in the best Miracle Day tradition, we've brought back a guest star from episode two that we thought you'd probably all forgotten about. Swithin, welcome back to the cast. Hello. It's good to be back. You have been on your own American adventure in the interim, haven't you? Yes, I have. I have been... Uh finding out about the miracle in the States, ah. and then realised now that all the action moved to the UK, seemingly. Well, there you go. You're back just in time. I am. So, of course, you've been away for, I think it's something like six or seven episodes. It's a surprisingly long time. Yeah, it really has. Um, give us a quick, previously in Swithin's head for us, what, what have you made of the series? Because I know you've caught up with all the um, episodes since then. Yeah. What have you made of Miracle Day in your absence? Well, in my absence, I didn't really go too far, except for categorising people as dead, ill, and well, uh, which was seemingly quite an obvious mm. and not particularly profound method of categorisation. Yes. I, I do remember you leaving, saying, well, next week, now all the pieces are in place, things will start happening. And they didn't. And I, I think we spent the next four or five weeks saying more or less the same thing. Yeah, it's like... It just feels like a series which has an idea but gave up its convictions quite a long time ago and then just kind of meandering and filling in 10 episodes. But um, yeah, so we, so we got that. That was kind of okay, okay with the characterization. No, it wasn't. That was annoying. But we put those in. And then we were doing things, you know, we went to the camps. Mm-hmm. And then the most unbelievably stupid man who ran the camp shot Vera Juarez. Ah, for no apparent reason. Chapman, yes, I, I was I was nearly going to throw things at the screen, saying, "I know he's under pressure, but he's not that stupid." Well, presumably he had license from the government or somebody to actually yeah, do this. So. I, I suppose so, but, but he wouldn't really. I mean, the, well, this is my argument. Oh yeah. In in your defence, he had no reason to shoot her because presumably what. He was doing well, being sanctioned. Yes, yeah, so, sorry. Yes, that's what I was. Fan- mm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then to put her in the ovens, and then the whole—it's given the whole um, convictions of who's dead and who's not. It's clearly you can't die, but of course now you can because you have the oven, which is death. But no, if they're going to be consistent with the terrorist guy in the first episode, it pains to show that he was actually still alive and actually still conscious. He didn't need his body. He didn't need his body. He clearly. Not deliberately, I'm sure, but they're seemingly going to mind-body dualism of some description. And so, clearly, everybody in, in, in dust is actually still existing in some form of a higher state of consciousness. Okay. Very briefly, for those of us who haven't done Philosophy 101, including me, sorry. you'll have to explain mind-body dualism. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Basically, it's, it's just you're not just your body. Right. You have some immaterial aspects to you, uh, soul in a generic sense. Sci-fi trades on all the time, so you have the the, the mind swap episodes ah, right. and things. You know, that's clearly in that tradition. It, it's very much a sci-fi concept. Uh, although the way they've done this one seems to be pushing it more towards what could be considered a fantasy one mm-hmm. in some respects. Right. Unless you're going to say it's some kind of neutrino, something or other. Morphic field. The morphic field. But if you are interested, Lawrence Miles wrote a really interesting article on it on his blog, which is now put back up after taking down religiously after every week. Oh, right. He's put his all back catalogue up. He wrote an episode on mind-body dualism, which I think is in reference to 42. 
if I remember right, it might not be that oh, the, episode. The Doctor Who episode. From yeah. Three. But if you type Mind Body Jewelers and search his blog, there's a, there's a good thing on sci-fi and Mind Body Jewelers. Uh, but but it just annoyed me the fact that our people are dying and they shouldn't die, they should stay alive. If you're going to have that as a concept, keep it consistent throughout until you yeah. get the resolution. So you're making the argument that even the people who've been burned in the ovens should remain retain some form of consciousness, oh, also, even if they're only ash particles. Yes, they, they should at least be considered like that. And, and you can see clearly see groups that would say they're still alive. We should be maintaining these ashes in, in pots up until the time where we can kind of reanimate them with other, other things. So it's so, make them easier to store. Solve the problem of overpopulation and crowding. Yes, and and the overpopulation seemingly isn't actually a problem because it's. It's not really being played on ever since Leonardo Juarez died. We haven't had anybody inside the institutions actually seeing any problems. Mm. We're just seeing it from the outside and it's seeing, claiming it's a problem when it, it really isn't. Mm. So we had that, which is, but th- there were other aspects. The thing is, in that episode with the ovens at the end, it was actually one of the best episodes up until that point, mm. until the resolution when I was throwing things. So those two episodes did have more of a sense of purpose than the things that had gone before. I think. And then we, I can't precisely remember what happened, but next week we had some exposition with some geezer who worked for FICOR. Uh, with uh, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Oh yes, yeah. no, that was quite nice getting the exposition, but it was it's a bit annoying for the fact that I liked the exposition at the table because we hadn't really had any up yeah. until that point. Episode was also notable for setting up the fact that something shifty was happening in Singapore or Shanghai. Right, Singapore. Shanghai, Shanghai. Yeah, um, which was then. Forgotten almost immediately forgotten about until this week. Yes, and very well. we're suddenly back to that, and we've started globe trotting again. Yes, but I can't pass without commenting on the Angelo episode. Ah, right. Which, unlike Peter, I, I, I really didn't like. Ah, I, um, I do seem to be alone in my, my um, admiration of this episode, and even I dislike it even more now because it's frankly irrelevant, except for the fact of the three men buying Jack. Hmm. Which seems to be the only important part. Because I was annoyed. It's like, oh, Angelo's a revenge thing at the end. And I was like, oh, this is really annoying. That's rubbish. But then but I thought, well, at least it justifies the entire episode. Hmm. But just to have him on a bed and then just to oh, him dying. I mean, I suppose that was quite nice in the fact that you have actually somebody died for some apparent reason. Yes. Which made some sense. But it was just like, well, the sole purpose of that one episode then was to introduce someone buying Jack. I'm sure you could have thought a more efficient way in the backstory of doing that than having a whole incredibly contrived episode. That's true. I, I, I have to agree with on that. I didn't have the time to mention it in my one-man discussion. If, is a one-man discussion just a ramble? Oh, Probably. A bad it imitation was, was, of Tim Dog. It was in my case. Yeah, Tim Dog, eat your heart out. <laughs> uh, but no, in my discussion of oh, my ramble about last week's episode... I didn't have the time to really go into the fact that they hadn't capitalised on Jack's and relationship with Angelo no. um, at all. Well, because like you, I thought it was going to be a revenge thing. Mm. Once it was revealed that they were actually trying to protect Jack from torture, mm. that there would be some sort of resolution. You know, because these two men were lovers, and effectively mm. yeah. jilted him and left him, and this. Yeah, Angelo, poor old Angelo spent his entire life watching from afar. And now they're finally brought back together. I was, I was waiting for some kind of uh, conflict or resolution or forgiveness, which was, um, as, as Gwen and I were talking about in our podcast of the episode, what Angelo seemed to be seeking. Mm. Um, but no, it, it was just an old man on a bed who died. Uh, 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 that, that was <laughs> it? That was it. Um, so they, they haven't built on 
some of the strongest story yeah. elements that they've introduced, but it has been gradually building, building up, up ahead of steam. It has. And, and I think we're both agreed, aren't we, that this week's episode has finally oh, yeah. kicked into gear again. And I thought some of the aspects of last week's episode were better. That linked in quite, quite well, some of the aspects, although Jack clearly wasn't going to die. Mm. Basically, everything with Bill Pullman in is good, irrespective of anything else. I, I have a reverse liking for him, and that's why I think I'm a little bit annoyed at Reese being a bit too nasty with him. Within, in this episode. Yeah, he did seem to set himself up as judge, jury and execution very, very quickly, didn't he? And, and I was like, yeah, that guy's like Oswald. He's, he's, he's my friend. Yeah. It, I don't think the series has done itself much of a favour in making the oldest child killer the single most charismatic and interesting character in the whole thing. <laughs> uh, we're spo- I'm sure we're supposed to see Reese's point of view, but we're thinking, no, no, if you kill him... I'm going to stop watching. <laughs> There'll be nothing left to keep me entertained. Oh, Which, and this brings a point I was discussing before this, is if Oswald Danes had killed someone we actually liked in the episode, then his character would be much more rounded in that respect, even though he is the most rounded character still on screen. But that would have given him two sides to him. Because I just felt a bit sorry for him. He was, he was trying to be slightly normal in the last episode with the prostitute. And I thought he the was, prostitute would be, be glad of not having to do that again and do something a bit different. Yes, well, he did seem to actually want to wine her and die well, her yeah, and no, treat no, her he, as an actual person, didn't no, he? No, he was she getting his suit on and everything. And she wasn't willing to be treated as one and wasn't willing to treat him as one. So Because he, he was a zero, but not size. Cat, category zero, yes. Um, is, is it worth mentioning the uh, fall of Oswald Danes at this point, then? Because yeah. he's been building up and building up dis- um, despite those two weeks absence uh, earlier in the series to this great almost messianic oh yeah certainly evangelical figure uh, which was brought to a complete head at the uh, the miracle rally where oh, he was, was commanding the crowd. I loved the speech it was amazing yes yeah, it was a natural sense I'm not sure what he was trying to promote but I could see how the thing is it's really realistic in, in a way. you could see people being taken on board with that especially it's such a rally and very mm. heightened Yes. Kind of I love that. But, uh, and they haven't been particularly consistent in their treatment of Oswald in terms of who he's actually speaking for and what he's supposed to represent. He's supposed to be this figure that everyone is rallying around and all the attention is pointing towards. And yes, okay, they're still telling us that this is going to be important, even though he already seems to have fallen from that position now. Uh, but we haven't actually seen it used for anything yet. Because he started out as the voice of the dispossessed, the people who yeah. should be dead but aren't. Because that's how he started. That's how the, the entire series started. That opening oh, scene yeah. was him being put to death. Mm. Um, and of course, then we had the scene of him in the, or his Jesus moment, as we're calling it, in the hospital in Washington. That was brilliant. DC. Where he picks up the baby. It was where, where he picks up the baby and waves it around, and the baby uh, smiles and waves it around. Oh, it's yes, brilliant. That, that was very good. Um, but, okay, that makes sense. He has now become the voice yeah. of the people who are effectively the category ones. Yeah. But during that two weeks' absence, and, and, he, and, and again, at the Miracle Rally, he goes on and he's supposed, to, he's supposed to transcend that boundary and become a voice for the people as a whole, mm. even though he's, he's one of the, the dispossessed. They are now this great political and social force mm. that they weren't before. They were being marginalised. But in subsequent weeks, we heard snatches of radio conversations where it was being reported... He was supporting the camps and the ovens and the burnings of the Category 1s, which didn't make a huge amount of sense, and they haven't talked about that particularly. 
No, although we might get more late in the network, the last episode with his links with Fycorp and the, the families, yes. families behind. But he just seemed to have fallen from grace somewhat. Well, very quickly. As well. that, not really. Didn't, I mean, he was a bit obviously hard work and wanted to do his own thing. Mm. It was clear from the speech spot switching and Jack trying to give him a different speech. Yes. But he still hit the note that Jimmy Kitzinger wanted him to the, hit. It was the blessing. The, the Fycourt, um, the revelation. Was oh, it was a revelation, and yeah. And the word Fycourt came, the Fycourt ego came up, up, so they got all of their, yes. um, yeah, their publicity, Bubbers, they, and everything. they were behind it all, that was fine. Um, and in last week's episode, End of the Road, he, we're just told that he's been classified secretly as Category Zero, mm. and everyone seems to know it except him. And Jilly sort of almost writes off his fame in a single line and says, no, people don't like you, television likes you. And all of a sudden he's on the run again. And all of that popularity and all of that status has built up mm. over the course of the series is, has, is just punctured and knocked out from underneath it. Yeah. But we, ne- we never actually see it happen. He's no. just told that it doesn't count for anything. And then somehow becomes a uh, works for Tesco basically and, and, and delivers he, food. He works for the Welsh bread company. <laughs> He's the Welsh bread company, yeah. That's it, delivering delivering Welsh bread to what appears to be uh, Barry Island. I'm not sure if it is, but uh, it looks like the house from. Swans, yeah, it actually. looks it looks like the house that they used in Gavin and Stacey. In which case, it's Barry Island. Okay, but I might be wrong about that. But it is very very nice to have him here with our characters actually playing an active part in the main group. Oh yeah, and it's finally, because it he has sense. been a little, a little bit divorced from the action mm. so far. Yeah, because just him and Jilly in their separate plot line, yes. and they've kind of been brought together. And uh, they've been split up and he's been threaded into the main, the main group. And yes, I think it's a bit contrived the way that they went about it. He, he just smuggled himself mm. across the Atlantic and washed up at and Jack somehow gets step. back from Scotland quite quickly. Remarkably quickly. I was thinking he's not going to turn up. I, I thought it was just a case of the, they sent Risa or somebody mm. on that guy and looking down. And then Jack was going to, some, was, you're going to get Scotland somehow yes. and then reunite or whatever. But Jack just appears and he clearly isn't very well. <laughs> no, no. But he's, he's become the new Rex, the one who's had the <laughs> illness. Yeah. yeah. But, again, I'm, we, I've been waiting so long for them to actually kicking to gear and to get all the characters working together mm. on a proper storyline but I'm quite happy to, to let them gloss over these little yeah. conveniences <laughs> when it comes to shuffling people about. Because this episode probably the best episode so I, far. I think so. It's I think re- it's, yes, it is good. It, yes, it's, well, it's a well-made conspiracy thriller. Rex is actually working as a CIA agent within the CIA. And there's a mole there's, and... Yes, there's you know, proper you know, investigations taking place and clues that they're working to solve. And John Delancey is still in it, thank goodness. <laughs> a guest character who survived more than... You know, survived two weeks consecutively. It appears as if he'll turn up uh, in the finale as well. I wanted to, to appear with a huge cigar. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. For the cancer cells now dying. Yes. I did sing the praises of John Lancey oh, last week, and he's every bit as good this week as well. He, he does well, well. Which is surprising because I thought he was a read, even though he was much of a doer, I thought he was very much by the book man, but he clearly isn't. No, no. <laughs> but that's odd because you normally get the guy who's above being very much by the book, and this mm. guy's very much kind of like your, your Wycliffe kind of character from. Do you remember Wycliffe's a crime? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so the classic. Yeah. Tech. 
Taggart type thing, you know, that was of the slightly rogue mm. main character. The, the guy who's fighting against the system to get it to do its job. To do its job, and then you've got the bureaucrats above him. But no, he seems very much of mm. off off record stuff. I seems to be fine. It's given, it's given um, what's his name, Mackie Pfeiffer, as an ex Matheson, someone good to play against as well. I think that's what he's been lacking in Esther. Because yeah. there's this sense of collusion between the two of them, especially. And so it, seems, it feels quite natural when Rex goes to him and says, look, we have a mole somewhere. I'm not trusting anyone else. I'm just going to yeah. talk to you directly. The two of them do seem to be on the same wavelength. You get the impression that um, John Delancey's character used to be the Rex of his generation, and he's been through it all. He's fought against the mm. system, and he is part of the establishment, mm. but is allowed to give Rex that flexibility. He likes Rex. I oh, get yeah. the impression that they like each other, they respect each other. Mm. Whereas previously, I think the relationship between Rex and Esther had always been a bit bland, a bit vague, a bit stiff in places. Yeah. And yet, although he was trying to look after her and sort of bring her up in the culture of what it means to be a CIA agent, they didn't really build on it particularly. Yeah. But bringing it with uh, Oswald and uh, Jilly Kitchener, who's now Miss Meredith. Yeah, so she's now in Shanghai. She is, at the scene of The Blessing, and we've discovered that it's running through the core of the Earth. Yeah, which is which is quite nice, you know. Mm. Reese with his yeah, uh, glow. Yes. I, I I need to buy a glow. Yes. It's really handy. We have we have one over there. It opens up and there's there's liquor inside it. Hey, but uh, yeah, that that was, that was quite a nice link. And well, Jiddy's doing was it a translation work with the whole. We, yes, we got um, a little more insight into Jilly's role in overall events, whereas previously we'd just seen her with Oswald and she just seemed to be managing his day-to-day schedule. PA, yeah, basically. Yes, but she seems to be managing stuff for the three families mm. as a whole. I'm not entirely clear as to exactly when this has been happening or when we've been informed to do it, but um, it helps, it fleshes out the character, it broadens the scope of the story that uh, she's in. And it's believable as well. It's, we, we're seeing the families manipulating media for their own advantage. Mm. Whereas previously it had been alluded to, but we hadn't actually seen it happen. And the family's characters, even though they're not very many of them have much of a character, but they're obviously very secretive. The yes. guy they're meeting in, in the place, who he, she kind of likes, I think. I don't know, the point not mentioned, but do you reckon the families just marry each other? Or, or have relationships with just just into each three families. I do get the impression that that there are new generations of families, mm. and she's meeting yeah. new generations of them. So but they all seem to relate. Marrying, I don't. Well, I couldn't really say because we just met two Caucasian males thus far. Yeah, it was just it was just the way that, that they seem to be very secretive like that. But then, yeah, the rewriting of history seems to be interesting. This is what they're promising. Yeah, this is what they're asking her to do, and. Um, I think that plays quite well to her sense of ambition and greed, if you will. Yeah. Where she's quite willing to put her own life at risk. Um, and, and there is a palpable sense of threat the closer she gets to the blessing, with all of this talk about, I hope you survive it. Yeah, but when we get to blessing, it's like, well, why wouldn't anybody survive it? You're looking into, well... well I get the impression it, it's a sort of psychic mirror, um, yeah. and you see into the depth of yourself. That's the impression I've got. So the hitchhikers... Um, you, you see yourself. Everyone sees themselves and then kills themselves because they see they're nothing except one guy who survives. It's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a sci-fi and horror trope that comes up uh, quite frequently, particularly in short fiction, 
Um, there's one of the chap who buys a mirror that shows him his true mm-hmm. self. And there's another one, I forget the title of it and the author, but he um, acquires a spell which allows him to shake a person by the hand. And he will feel in his hand, instead of just their normal flesh, the trotter or the paw of the animal that best represents their character. So he will oh. be able to see into their into their true nature effectively, mm-hmm. which is fine until he actually tries shaking hands with himself one day. And it's it's all be be careful of judging others yeah, 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 before yeah. you judge yourself. Um and I yes, again I get the impression that the blessing shows you your true self and it drives some people to madness and they, they can't handle it. But she seems to thrive on it because it shows her that she's right, whatever that means. Um and I assume we'll find out next week. Oh, she, right, yeah, I, I, I couldn't decipher the dialogue at ah, that point. It says it's t- she said it's telling me that I'm right. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be, the blessing itself seems to be biological, it seems to be composed of cells, mm. it's definitely organic of some sort, some sort yeah. of uh, cavity or fissure, I'm not sure, but there are things flowing through it, it's partly moon-like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they, where they go mm. with that. And it's, it's attracting Jack's blood, which is interesting. Yeah, that was odd Odd with that. It's like Jack's blood seems like a little mite. Oh, yeah, so like Quicksilver being dragged towards the man. With Oswald Danes noticing first. Yes. With, with the rewriting history, you have the uh, Rex seems to be figuring out leads on getting the um, that uh, bit of uh, genre fiction about the... Um, oh, yes, the pulp the novel whole... written by someone who'd been in the cellar yeah. when Jack was being killed over and over again. I quite liked that. I did. I, I thought that, that was a nice way of finding out and then hmm. doing the category uh, software scans to figure out who, who actually wrote it. Yes. Now, as I said, that, that was building an impression of the CIA actually conducting, intelligent people conducting intelligent investigations mm. and being hampered by the moral limits, which, and I'm glad that they're building on that. This, I think that's the crucial thing about this episode. Where Miracle Day has failed is that it's, it's failed to progress from the things that it's already established. Mm. Particularly for the first half of the season, it was all quite episodic and mm. detached, and the characters were running along on sort of separate rails and they were never really interacting. This episode took the uh, situations and bits of technology, the characters that it introduced last week, and it's building on those, it's developing on them, it's weaving them in new directions, it's throwing in a few twists, which, as I think you said before we started recording, is what we'd actually expect of any normal drama series. Yeah. <laughs> and it says something... Taking the eight episodes together. Yes, it says something now that one episode from the end of Talks were they finally doing it, and we're sort of punching the air and yeah. singing its praises. But even though they're getting moving around and things, they're essentially in the same groups as they started with, because you've got Rex and uh, Esther and Buenos Aires, and then you've got, yes, you've got, you've got Gwen, Jack, and uh, good old Bill uh, in the... But it, at least... I was in Shanghai. But at least it is good. But it, but it works. But, but, yeah, but, it, but, yeah, but it does work. And you can see why they would, they would go back to their default settings for the separate mission. Yes. Um, but I like the, the underlying theme of, of, of the... Um, kind of story and rewriting thing with this episode. It actually seems to have yeah. something at least interesting under underneath this. Thematically, it does seem to be picking up occasional scraps that we've seen through the series, mm. doesn't it? Because in Middlemen, we've been told that the families have been writing the history and shaping yeah. the story of politics, of finance, yeah. of the media uh, for the past 70 years or so mm. anyway. And Rex and the CIA are searching for people 
whose histories and stories have just dis- disappeared. Mm. They finally, through a piece of fiction, which actually turns out to be truth, <laughs> um, and now they're getting Jilly to, to rewrite history. So it's all, thematically, it's all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, knotting together quite nicely. Yeah, I've always been so disappointed in the fact that I've just rush it. Well, yeah, I think I mentioned this. Yeah, you mentioned that. You've asked the own ones as well, yeah. Because it just seems quite a lot to go through, because... I think They've left it too late. I think so it's pretty clear you will have a reset at the end of the end of the episode. But if they if they wanted to pitch this as, as the next one, they're clearly not going to have this as the on running hook. Well, the series future is still very much in doubt. We don't know if Buster C. Davis is going to stick around for it. We don't know if um, stars are going to put up the money. And if stars don't, will the BBC take it elsewhere? They could. Potentially could have done two alternate endings, depending whether they're going to can it or if they're going to continue. I mean, it's possible. It'd be interesting to see if they had them. I can't see the BBC taking it back into its own fold now that they've no. taken the jump across the Atlantic and started co-production. Because I, I think they like the money. Yeah, especially at the moment. So, I don't know, there's an awful, there's an awful lot to sort out before next week. Oh yeah, very much so. Blood's um, definitely going to take part. A yes, lot of it. Indeed. Uh, I suspect it's not going to end well for Jimmy Kitson. I hope I'm wrong. They're going to have to kill off Bill Pullman because they can't afford to have him back in the next series. <laughs> and there's no way on earth that they're going to let the child-killing pedophile survive. So that's my prediction. Um, and as you say, otherwise a bit of a reset. Yeah. Torchwood refounded, perhaps. Could possibly be a classified member of the CIA legally allowed to work within the USA. Or something like that. Or, or something like that. In an ideal world... I would like to see John Delancey take over as the head of Torchwood. Have John Barrowman come back as an occasional character. Um, have Mecky Pfeiffer as Rex stay on, why not? And have Jilly Kitson come on as Torchwood's PR lady. <laughs> and have Oswald Danes survive and fill the Yanto role. He's, he's, <laughs> he's like the butler. He makes the coffee. I don't know, he redeems himself somehow in the final five minutes. They take pity on him and decide not to put him to death. But they can't allow him out, so they, they build a new home and then lock him inside. And he, he, you just see him in the background of occasional episodes, just doing the hoovering. That would be different. Yeah, it's just a bit of a missed opportunity, I think, in Miracle Day. The whole, the whole concept is just a bit. As I say, it has been gradually moving. Well, it's been getting better. It's been getting better. I kind of actually wanted to watch the next episode immediately. <laughs> Hmm. After yes, I, no, no, I don't. Oh, I've been I am actually quite keen now to find out what happens with the blood and, and everything. And so obviously, good old Aussie. Do share your own thoughts with us, our faithful listeners. And if you want to contribute to the discussion that we started in our recent Doctor Who discussion uh, about the pros and cons of arc plotting, oh yes, and how it's done so. well and how it's not, mm-hmm. then we'd really love to hear from you on that. We might be doing a future podcast on that potentially. Yes. Uh, tell us so, what you think of that if you want to hear more on that so yeah, now is your chance to get involved in that nice and early uh, in the meantime thank you again for taking the time to download this uh, we always appreciate having you join us and we'll speak to you again soon oh, in fact we'll speak to you again next week for the final episode we will bye bye goodbye you've been listening to The Impossible Podcast for more Doctor Who commentaries plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions please visit our website impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us 
via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>